What's going on, everyone? I hope you enjoyed that intro with some face-to-face. -face. I'll be mixing it up with some OG punk rock as we go through this journey on My Two Life Podcast. But this is it. Welcome to another episode of the My Two Way Life Podcast powered by MX Store. <clears throat> it's February 11th, Saturday. I am on my way to Threadbow, which is a 13-hour drive from the Gold Coast of Australia down south for the Oz Cycling National Championships and Cannonball Festival. They've taken the two, merged them. It's really good. Typically, it's been in Tasmania the last couple of years, which is a, a little island off the southern tip of Australia. And now it's um, we don't have to go to two places, as in Tasmania and Threadbow. Threadbow is one of the few ski resorts in Australia. Really great place. I'm heading down there to meet the Intense Cycles crew. Meet up with the Fox guys, Lusty's Lusty crew, and uh, yeah, unfortunately I won't be riding. I uh, broke my collarbone um, lot, almost a week ago riding my uh, Gas Gas 450. Ran out of talent. I'll go into that later, but let's give it up to the sponsors that make this podcast possible. Obviously, MX Store, part of that crew. Very proud of what they're doing there. Um, it's the home for the largest range of parts and accessories in australia 2 p.m promise what does that mean you get it your room before two get it out the door the same day service great service team the gals rose megan the whole crew there do a phenomenal job um man great crew so get over to mx store to purchase the products that sponsor this product this podcast and anything else you need if you're living in australia and if you're not in Australia, get over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button from MX Store. We have some sick content that isn't just Australia-based. How-tos, wreckers, the checkers, of course. So get over there, get it done. Um, Maxis. Well, been a Maxis rider for a long time. I choose Maxis on my Sniper XC, my Tracer S Intense, and, of course, my Gas Gas 125 and 450. Man, People complain about not having traction. Then people complain about tires ripping off. The Maxxis ST is truly a factory soft drain tire. So if you're ripping always off, it's because you're hooking up. So get over to MX Store. Get your Maxxis tires. Get on the right terrain. We have hard terrain tires. They have soft terrain tires. They have intermediate terrain tires. Get the right tire for the application of dirt you're riding. Because unlike other manufacturers, Maxxis tires are built for the terrain. You don't just use the soft terrain everywhere and expect it to last like a hardback tire does. If it lasts, it, it doesn't chew up as a soft terrain tire on hardback. It's not truly a soft terrain tire. So, like I said, thanks to Maxxis for supporting this podcast. They are a great tire. Um, if you're using Maxxis on your mountain bike, I recommend in your Enduro the double ass. The ass the guy front and rear. And if you're on the XC model, I like the 2.5. 2.35 recon race front and rear for race for casual riding 2.35 recon but man maxis variety across bike is insane width size gum wall you name it maxis has it rhino power rhino power is the choice of champions jet lawrence hunter lawrence star racing yamaha even guys that i can't say are using the product because they know it's so good so they're just putting it in their protein shaker due to other team things shaking it up having a sip, staying hydrated, staying recovered. 
I'm really liking the carb fuel. I think it's the little hidden gem that people don't know how to use from Rhino Power. If you're going on those long rides or your motos during the day and you just want to sustain your calories, if calories in, calories out, you don't have calories, you don't have fuel, you will bonk, you will run out of gas, you'll make mistakes on a dirt bike and probably crash. So sustain your carb intake using the Rhino Power carb fuel. If you want to get some Rhino Power, use Sleater underscore 15 or Sleater 15, sorry, for 15% at checkout. And you will get yourself some Rhino Power at 15% off. That's globally, by the way, so get on it. If you have any questions about Rhino Power, you can throw throw a uh, DM my way, and I'll get my be- do my best to answer your questions. And, of course, Intense Cycles. been a proud global ambassador for Intense Cycles for over a decade. Use it for my training, use it for my racing, and now I'm fortunate to be a bigger part of that program as a global ambassador here in Australia, um, meeting riders, attending races like I'm heading to now at Threadbow. And sharing the love of intense. The Taser MX in North America. We have the uh, Tracer S and Primer S. The Ferrari Red. It just goes off. And I, my personal fan favorite right now, me trying to lose some weight, is that Sniper XC Fro. And for those of you that don't want to spend the boutique money and want to get on a good bike, don't forget the 951 Series. The 951 Series is... The best of both. You got the chassis of the Intense with a lower spec. It's one color. It's a silver right now or a dark gray. So get over to IntenseCycles.com to check out the 951 series and the full line of Intense Cycles. And if you're looking for a little discount, use Sleater underscore 10 at checkout for 10% off your Intense Cycles. Yeah, a lot of cool things happening there. And I want to give a shout out to Method Race Wheels. Method Race Wheels has been lacing at my vehicles for a long time. Race Wheels Australia, Michael Taylor over there and the crew have done a great job um, building that brand in Oz. A lot of Land Cruisers, a lot of off-road vehicles using Method. Big part of Fink. uh, Hoping to get to Fink, um, do some racing, do some riding there. But we shall see. But shout out to Method Race Wheels. TLD, stoked to be wearing TLD. TLD is... uh, sponsor of mine for moto um, really stoked on the gear it's a great fit great legacy Troy Lee is an absolute legend himself the man the family uh, family owned and operated business um, Randy Valade over there now uh, been able to haven't got to work with him yet but stoked to have the lusty crew hook me up with them and of course ODI the inventor and innovator of lock on grips and now using their RC4 bar as well so I love the OG, you know, medium compound lock-on grip. I helped develop that with the ODI crew for KTMs and kind of just stuck with that. But don't forget about the MA grips, all sorts of compounds. Um, they got you covered at ODI. So let's jump into this, man. Houston Supercross. Man, it, what what a roller coaster of a night, man, for a lot of reasons. It was a first round of East Coast. Um, we lost a bunch of heads you know, going into East Coast that we thought were, um, you know, we would have a deep series. But unfortunately, due to injuries, we lost pretty much all pro circuit. They had to bring Chris Blosen, who's 36 years old, to race uh, his for, for his first time on pro circuit. Um, Star Racing, you know, they, they had some injuries as well. Um and yeah, the list goes on and on and on as the as the field dropped off. But fan, the, you know the the odds-on favorite was Hunter Lawrence, but as Shimoda and um, Julie Swole and other riders started falling off the list, 
his favorability of winning, if that is a word. Jason Thomas would be one of the correct me for sure, right? Um, just went up and up. His stock of winning was getting much easier. Um, a couple of guys I wasn't sure of was Jordan Smith, Thrasher, how they respond. So um, you look through practice, and then, of course, the the, the uh, first real pro Supercross race of Hayden Deegan was that night. And what was he going to do? So let's break it down, right? Let's go to what I just talked about. Let's break it down to the top ten, what I thought of those guys in that ser- in that race. Um, well, in tenth place you had Chris Blose, which honestly a solid ride. The guy has been not really probably training. He's in out in retirement, out of retirement, filling in for Pro Circuit. I think that was a you know an acceptable ride for filling in. The guy puts it in the main, stays out of trouble. They don't have to go find someone else. Um, yeah, solid. I mean, he's going to be solid. He's, he's a vet. He's a solid human. But, yeah, 10th place, Chris Blows. Colin Park, don't know much about him. It's a solid 9, though, man. 67 on the, you know, from, from Florida. Good ride for him. Kind of invisible. P8, Chance Hymas. He went backwards. And, yeah, I, the technique is impeccable. Um the kid seems like a great kid. I think that's a really good good opening, you know, Supercross Futures chant from last year. I think the nerves got to him, which how could they not? Um, but what a what a solid ride. Got through the night, showed some speed, got through it. Um, I think probably suffered from nerves, to be honest. Um, but look for more things to come from uh, Chance Imus. Um Tom Vial, number 128. My kid's number 128, so become a fan of this Frenchie and I was impressed his P7 isn't reflective of how well he rode right he first year in Supercross never raced really Bercy or any of these races that typical French guys race and if you want to hear more about like that Tom sorry David Volman Pinkery breakdown on the Whiskey Throttle show a really good segment about like French racing and you'll understand more about the journey these riders take to why they're good at Supercross but what David Volman talked about is why Tom Vial isn't uh, could could would not be as good as them or possibly has a, a disadvantage and um, it wasn't prepared as much but I think you know two-time world champion um, the kid rode phenomenal he showed speed he showed desire he showed good technique he just, you know, had a mistake in a turn, didn't go over the bars and the whoops. So I think that was a good ride. Um, you know, P6, we have Michael Moseman. And that one that one stumps me, to be honest. Just not all day long, not... You know, Michael's been known to these blazing laps and these blazing things. And, and you know, I, I've been very vocal of how aggressive he is. He's not... He is borderline dirty, but he's aggressive. He's a, a very unique soul. He's a very uh, eccentric, really funny kid. Um, but I expected him to be like challenging Hunter, and there was none of that this weekend. So I think, is there an injury? Is there something else going on? Um, I don't know. But the results aren't what I'd expect out of Michael Moseman. Um, you go into P5. Jerry Martin, you know, at, before I hopped on the mic right now and I started to think about what I was going to say about Jeremy, 
I had to reflect on his journey here and, and where he has been to get to where he is. Um, he's had injuries, broken back, injuries. Went to a Supercross race, made it through one turn, misses that. Like, his back's against the wall. He just wants to get through races. And I'm like, man, when Hayden Deegan went by, I'm like, oh, this guy's done. He's done. He's off the back. His career's over. Like, off the back. Then I had to just check myself. Jeremy Martin, like I said just a second ago, his journey. He's had a rough go of staying healthy. And I'd be safe to say that he just put in logging in his laps. And what we didn't see on TV, and I went back a lap times, he was close to passing Jordan Smith for a podium. He was letting it rip because he could taste it. That guy is a bulldog. I I think his technique isn't going to allow him to beat guys like Hunter or Jet this day and age, but I could be standing, I could be, he could prove me wrong um, throughout the series, and outdoors I know that you're, a lot, you know, that bulldog technique will, will be more um, accepted, but I gotta see more from Jerry Martin, but I'm really stoked to see him getting through the race. Yes, he had a crash, he was going for the podium, he could taste it, the blood was in the water, and he had a small little crash that allowed the next rider, Hayden Deegan, to, uh, to pass him and get fourth. But, man, props to Jerry Martin, Club MX, FXR, Yamaha. Um, what a program they have. Twisted Motos, Twisted Development Motors, Enzo Suspension. I love to ride that bike. That's two of my favorite things when it comes to Yamahas. Um, so, yeah, props to that whole program, Andy White. Shout out to you guys at FXR for backing such a great team of individuals and um let's look for more for mike um, jeremy martin improving over the series keep him healthy and he'll only continue to build moving on to p4 hayden freaking deegan doesn't surprise me um nothing will surprise me that kid he has more grit and determination than most people will give him credit for i'm so stoked for them and the family the amount of pressure that he must have been feeling these last month you know he you could say he choked at Futures. He had a crash, a short race. But look at the, the tenacity and the grit and the faith in himself, the turnaround, all the hype on him, um, going into the opening round of Supercross, 17 years old, P4. Yes, people were falling all over the place, but the kid didn't go backwards into that position and get lucky. He went forward all you know throughout the main, qualified well, I think, P7. It, the the only thing that you got to look at is if everyone if he gets that same start and no one falls where does he end up and should he be happy that, that's the question he should be happy because he's a rookie he's racing some fast guys and it's just what it is right it's what it is he's he's needs to learn he needs to stay healthy he's got more grit and determination than he can knows what to do with skill fitness Amazing debut for the rookie. Um, so happy for their family, Brian, Marisa, um, the whole Huxon, Haley, the whole family, the grandparents, anyone that's involved. It's a big machine to do what they do. They've elevated the sport. Um, and, yeah, continue to do what you do, guys. It's uh, it's impressive, and I look for Hayden to continue uh, on this tear as long as he can limit the, the bigger mistakes. Um, P3, Jordan Smith. I was very vocal about his, um, where the heat, man, I couldn't believe Star got him, and 
you got to you, you know the, he's had, hasn't had the best luck and he t- has had some big brain farts and whatnot. Well, he did again. He brain farted again, fell, and then he wouldn't get that podium if other guys wouldn't have fell. But um, he fell in the sand, so that's not that sand was rough. That was nasty, but he still fell. So he's had just like Jerry Martin. He's had to have a bunch of nerves. Hasn't raced in a long time, but you can tell he's fit. You can tell he's more focused than ever. He's on an amazing motorcycle. The guy's a beast in the whoops, as MTF guys are. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Smith, um, just want to see him limit those mistakes. But I do feel if he can limit those mistakes and and believe in himself, um, he could run with Hunter or beat him heads up. Uh, P2, Max Anstey, doesn't surprise me. I was privy to watching him race all supercross where he's the current mx2 sx2 supercross champion um he's strong he's fit and he's fun how good are his interviews right um props to that mtf firepower um genuine honda team fly racing they absolutely nailed it man they bumped him down they moved coasts they're working their butt off to, to give themselves the best advantage to be a a top-level team um, within this series, and they they look the goods, man. Um, there's there's a talk of it, a big bore, and come on, guys, like these things get torn down. They're not running a big bore. They're doing their motors in-house now. Twisted's not doing them, so that's interesting uh, to know. But clearly, they've got it working good. Max is not a little guy. He's strong in the whoops. His turns were great. The recipe's there, can he, and can he sustain it? I think so. Let's hope he gets a stays injury-free so we can keep, you know, challenging this next guy, Hunter freaking Lawrence. Looked great. Wasn't really challenged. He wasn't top of the board on practice. Didn't surprise me. He's not a syndic guy. He's a racer. He's methodical. He's calculated. Let the gate drop. He had that moment when Vial kind of scrubbed and almost took his wheel off. He, I wouldn't say he got lucky, but he was fa- he was fortunate not to get cleaned out by his uh a tough block when he went off the track there but from that moment on he set sail and that's what it was so this east coast class people say it's not deep you know um i disagree there's 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 a good amount of depth you know mosman smith's won races almost won a title max ancy's won gps jerry martin two-time national champion michael mosman the guys won races or been in the hunt for races race win sorry Tom Vial two time world champion yes Chance Hymas rookie Supercross Futures winner Hayden Deegan the future of the, of the sport possibly Nate Thrasher who was outside the top 10 he's won races there's some depth I think there's more depth on the east than the current west with injuries but anyways I still think Hunter Lawrence is the one to beat he's uh, definitely uh, on the right track and um yeah, props to him uh, and that HRC Honda racing team uh, for making it happen. 450, man. What a showdown. I, I would have, I, I got I to say, the LCQ was gnarly. Poor A-Ray. Um, Chiz cleans Norn. I, heard, I believe they're friends. We'll see how that was the next week. But these guys are going for it. I mean, I got to say, A-Ray still has me blocked on Instagram, but from getting cleaned out by him cleaning himself out um, years ago, 
and me having a word about it. But I gotta give credit where credit is due. Did he make a poor decision? Maybe or so. I don't really know. I wasn't on his bike or in the stadium, but I saw what happened. The guy is riding a lot better. Alex Ray, you fit that Yamaha. You suit it. You look good on the bike. So props to A-Ray. Um, stoked that Swap Moto's helping him out. But he's always a fun talking point because he's explosive. He's on and off the bike. And um, I think he looks better. But, uh, you know, we had some interesting developments in LCQ. But going back to the heat races, Chase Sexton just put the hurt on on, K- on Tomac. He was over almost a second faster than everyone or over a second faster than everyone in practice, which is crazy. Um, and set the stage, you know, set the stage for what you thought would be a, a night that where the tides were going to change within the 450 class. And you thought, man, is this where, is this where Chase is going to, you know, reign supreme and, and pull the, have the power over Tomac that he hasn't had, um, you know, we'll break it down. Let's get into the top 10. Um, I think I'd like to give a shout out to Christian Craig who was P11. You know, he he's close, I think. I think he's close to where he needs to be. Um, he came from dead last, worked through the pack, and I think that was good for him. He got confidence. He got to go through them fast guys. He looks good on the bike. Uh, he's Christian. He looks good on anything, but my biggest thing here is like, you know, is should he be worried? I'm not in the daily, you know, communication or I don't have any insight but you know you're a couple rounds in it's not going what he wants but I feel he's a fifth to seventh place guy at his best right now and I don't think he I know we know he's not his best so uh, P11 Christian Craig Cincerello P10 you know you're starting to see more and more he's building he's building but I'm wondering we're seeing him taper down be more relaxed not just augering in the dirt could the elbow be Going, hang be going numb, and that's why he's tapering. I hope not. So, Adam Cinderella playing it safe, P9 doing his thing. Joey Savacci, um, P9, sorry, Cinderella P10, Joey Savacci P9. Kind of just, man, I hate to say it, he's invisible, but he's ripping. He's full privateer under the Rickway Racing, doing absolutely great things, but he's just not getting the starts that he'd want to be visible. Um, and I think he wants more. I know he wants more. I saw him Oz Supercross with confidence in uh, Melbourne, and he was on fire. So look more, look for more for Joey Savacci. And then you have uh, Ken Roxon, which is just stumped me. Gets passed by Ken, uh, you know, the rookie, Justin Cooper, last lap. And he just didn't look comfortable, whatever it was, bike, body, whatever. Coming off the weekend performance, kind of going back into that history piece itself. Highs and lows. Um, yeah, it just didn't look like himself, clearly, when Justin Cooper's passing you the final hour in the, the last lap. Justin Cooper said it twice, talking about Kenny. What a ride. He stayed out of trouble, um, did his thing. And it's a weird, weird thing for him, right? Like, I don't know what his deal is. You know, he's going to... Odds are favorite for him to try to beat Jet Lawrence in the Outdoor Nationals, knock him down now that he's healthy. Um, That's his play, I believe, with Star Racing. But then also, coming in and coming out of the series, like, it's a very vulnerable thing for him to do with his his stock. 
when I say stock, like as a business, we didn't know how he'd ride a 450, like externally as fans and, and other teams didn't know if they haven't seen him or see how he'd race. But you're only as good as your last race, right? So like these teams, if he struggled for his little like debut of 450 cruise campaign, he's not going to get a good ride with the team for the next year because we didn't show much. So it was a very ballsy move on his part to take this opportunity to do moonlighting. But unfortunately, Dylan Ferrandez's teammates got a really bad concussion. Will he just stay on the bike the whole time? That'll be interesting to see. I would say he'd probably want to. Um, I think he should. But, you know, that's that's up to the team. So great ride by Justin Cooper. He stayed out of trouble, um, did his thing. Um, Justin Barsha, next guy in line. He's going fast. He's just Barsha. He's all he's revving it. He's having fun. Um, his program is so much different than in years past. He's you know the, he he wants structure, but then he doesn't want structure. It seems like um, so. Uh, Barsha is doing his best to you know hang in there, but I just I think guys are too good like over a long stretch for for Barsha to to stay with them on the right track. Uh, next guy. Just ahead of him, Cooper Webb. Just an off night, I think, for him. Tracking him didn't vibe. Yeah, I think he's just going to, you know, he's all about that consistency and hopefully he can stay in it that way. But he can't have guys in between him like Plessinger and Anderson or he loses too many points to those top guys. So um, Cooper Webb just didn't look his best um, at Houston, plain and simple. Next guy, Aaron Plessinger. Plessinger or Plessinger, however you'd like to say it. Um, I think he is the best of the rest, right? Um, he hasn't landed on the box yet. I think it's coming. His bike is so different looking than Cooper's, but I think he, he's happy, and that's what's important for riders. If they are happy, they'll perform. So Plessinger was there, and you know, before that red flag, it was interesting. He was he was there. He was there. He was there. Him and Anderson, and you're like, man, I think he had, personally, I think he had more pace than, than Tomac. Um, and, and he just couldn't, him and Anderson were duking it out so much they couldn't get by him. So I think that's that's very confidence-inspiring. But whatever happened on the re- after the red flag we'll get into blows my mind. Um, Jason Anderson, he's he. it's turning into, like, the Outdoor Nationals. You got top two, then you have the next guy, and then there's the rest, and um, Anderson is just lacking a little bit, I think, of, of preciseness and consistency. He's put himself in awkward predicaments throughout the season with people, and I think if he cleans that up and can get back into the rhythm and his focus, that he'll be a threat. But at Houston, he wasn't on the same level as the top two. And speaking of the top two, you have Sexton second uh, Eli first, obviously. I I can just say that, man. Wow, that was uh, one of those Eli Tomac Ryan Dungey rides. Um, James Stewart, Chad Reed, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed. One of those. This is set up the the old and the new. These these guys are doing things that is one percent point one percentile shit and. They're running their bodies to the absolute rev limiter. Their, their skills smacked out. Their bikes maxed out. And uh, let's break it down. So they first, you know, Sexton 
waxes everyone in practice, including Tomac. Sexton passes Tomac in the heat race and puts it down. And you're just thinking, this it's over. Sexton's got this thing. He's back in this title hunt, taking points from Tomac. And after a crash, you're thinking, well, Tomac's easily got to have something wrong with him after that crash. That was a massive one. And maybe he's just not talking about it. So go to the main. Tomac hole shots. They're all behind him. You know, Plessinger. Everyone's just going for it behind him. Anderson, like I said, Sexton just is setting itself up for a just absolute battle. And then the red flag comes out for Ferrandez. And you're like, all right, this is even better. They're all tight. It's going to return. What sex? What Tomac was able to do from the restart to get refocused after getting your ass kicked all day and be able to respond confidently to Chase was incredible. Those guys were at anaerobic threshold, hitting turns faster than, or as fast as the track would hold, hitting whoops as fast as they could, going through jumps. Like, I just don't think that track could be ridden faster. A body was tested, the mind was tested, the track was tested, and it took a couple mistakes from Chase for, I mean, where there was just such little, there's such a little bit of air. One of them was when he slid out in that turn. Um, it got greasy and the berm just couldn't hold that pace anymore. And I think the sand is where Chase just was losing it, right? But he's making it up in those turns. And once he made that mistake in that turn, that right-hander, I just feel like he I said, I'm not going to do what I've done before and make history repeat itself and put myself on the ground. So I think he said, you know what? I'm going to ride this in a second, manage it, let Eli know I got the pace, and save it for another day. And I commend him. But, gosh, that was that was, we, were, we were just waiting for it. The race was almost boring because it was just like a chess match that you're waiting for it to happen, and it just never happened because Eli Tomac is his best version we've ever seen. He's strong. He's fun. He's fast. He's fit. All the things Eli is, but like I said, he's fun. He's, he's transparent, and uh, he got the win, man, after a big get-off, and um, he's proving to write a legacy of an absolute legend that many people might not have considered him, considered him as a legend. So congrats to Eli Tomac, Star Racing Yamaha, Rick Gilmore, the Tomac family. You guys have definitely put in the work. Um, it's uh, shown um, Eli did something that may, may, not many people could do, and uh, got it done. So, yeah, very cool. Very, very cool for him to uh, get it done. And, uh, yeah, going on to Tampa. We'll see if he can continue it. It will be a interesting um, – the, the stage is set. Um, I'm late on this week's podcast, so I've seen a little bit of press tape. And the track looks like it's going to break down. Typical Tampa, a little bit of sand. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, see what that brings. So, great series so far. I look for – I'm going to bet on – I'm going to go with Anderson with a win. I'm just thinking the track's loose, wild, and I think Hunter Lawrence will get the win in the lights. So, that's breaking down Houston. Um, and then, we'll, you know, what it is, and we'll, dip, we'll dive into a little bit of my personal stuff I'm going through and – I like to share things, as you guys know. And, uh, man, like I said, I opened up the podcast. I broke my flipping collarbone um, on last Sunday. And 
Mason and I are going out to our family's track um, near our house, and it's a really hard base clay track, and it's uh, got a small window for, for good soil. And I was like, man, um, I need to ride. I have sunny states coming up. Race that. A lot of guys are training for it. Be fun group of vet guys. Mason's racing it. I'm like, Mason, go do your moto. Then I'll do my moto. I don't like riding with Mason on the track. I can't focus. I think he might be crashed. There's a lot of blind jumps on this track, too. And I'd rather just give him his time than when he recovers and gets hydrated and cleaned up. Then I'll do my moto. Then we'll vice versa. Well, I get two laps in and just come in this turn and misjudge the clay, which I'd say that's one of my most uh, best qualities is reading dirt and I hit the brake and just slammed and when I did um, it hurt and I felt it crack my collarbone that is and I just had the weirdest feeling when I got up and that's that's what we'll talk about is I get up I go like a sigh of relief like I can take a break I can take a break I was gutted because I've been on a good roll in my fitness, but I was stoked because I'm just tired. Working, managing racing, managing Noah's soccer, managing a newborn, trying to get my fitness in, trying to get make sure everything's good, and it's hard. And I just I need to decide where, when and where I ride. I, I have this awesome community of people around me that encourage me to race with them that love to see me share the love of racing with them I love racing but I'm not putting the work in to do what I need to do and that's not fair to me or my body I've done a lot of cool shit I've raced all these I've ridden many tracks across the world good bad or otherwise I'm riding a dry hard muddy shit track to prepare for a really tough sand track and I'm thinking why am I doing this why am I forcing a square peg in a round hole it's mason's journey um i've had mine i have plaques on the wall i have videos i have memories that will last me a lifetime of epic experiences and i don't need just to burn gas to burn gas what i love to do is test product i love to race and if i'm not racing the right track or testing the right product or stimulating my mind, I get bored because I'm not getting faster. I'm in, in theory getting slower because um, I'm not putting the same volume or work in. So to stimulate my mind, I need, I need a reason to ride. I need to ride either perfectly alone, fun track, fun jumps, or I need to be testing product for you guys to know what what's going on. Or I need to just go have some fun on a 125, which is a lower risk. So you guys have been hurt, you know. The first week or so, you're like a little bit depressed. Why do I do that? My mind can change. It probably will. But right now, I just need to have a purpose riding moto. Um, I enjoy suffering. I enjoy my mountain bike. I enjoy my road bikes oh so much that that fulfills me more than moto without a purpose. Um, I need to give more attention to Mason. Uh, he's getting ready to step up to the 85. Um, and yeah, so heading to sunny states, I'll be a spectator flying the MX store flag, talking to everyone else, um, and not racing, which typically you should be sad, but I'm actually relieved that I can take a step back and enjoy my son racing, enjoy the day, um, give more insight to people 
and go from there. But if you're going through the same journey, I'm, I'm feeling it too. It's hard to to have a purpose when you've been doing it so long if you don't know what your purpose is. Um, like I said, I develop, uh, I'll repeat myself, but I enjoy setting up bikes, stimulating my brain, feeling the bike when I ride, understanding that keeps me focused. When I'm just spinning laps out of purpose, that's when you get hurt. Look at that. I'm hurt. Um, so over the next couple months, it should be a quick one. It's my collarbone's broken completely in half, but it's not displaced, which is very rare. Um, I've actually been riding my mountain bike in the neighborhood, which is good. And, um, yeah, just, uh, gonna let it heal. I'll try to do some K's on miles on my bike to, um, um, stimulate the, uh, blood flow and keep myself um um moving and keep me motivated because that's that's important to me right it's important to me to to have a reason to wake up other than work uh i need to fulfill my cup so yeah that's my journey it never ends right my to real life (laughs) the joys of of dirt bikes we've all been there but um yeah lots going on like i said i'm heading to threadbow now um 13-hour drive from the Gold Coast. Uh, hang out with the intense crew, Dale Percy from All Cycling, and just see the the future of 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 uh, mountain biking in Australia is done at a high level. The volume's not there with the riders. We don't have the population, but guys like Brent Reese, Rhino Power athlete, um, and other great athletes, they dedicate themselves. Aussies are hungry. They're dedicated. They have coaches. They have plans. Um, they're not. They're willing to travel. They're willing to sacrifice. I think a little bit more than the majority of Americans. Um, so I think it's great that um, to go down there and see what the future looks like. Uh, Cannonball Festival is loose. It's wild. Whip comps, DH racing, XC is going on right now. I'll be there uh, for the finals tomorrow. But yeah, the, thanks for tuning in to another episode of My Two Alive. I thank all the sponsors that support this podcast. Um, and support my family's two-wheel habit. I look forward to the next one. Until then, enjoy some more face-to-face. Peace. Is there something that you should